It's the More Sports Now podcast. We cover New York and New Jersey sports. I'm your host, Steve Kitchener, in our Jersey studio. And on the line, my partner, Devils announcer, Matt Lachlan. We're missing out on John McAlevey. He's actually out of power again in New Providence. So uh, we'll miss John. I hope you're listening, bud. Uh, The Big Ten drops the hammer. That was followed by the Pac-12. No football this fall, Matt. Uh, 12 of the 14 Big Ten schools voted to cancel the fall season and, well, postpone. They're talking about the spring. We'll see where that goes. And uh, Kevin Warren, the uh, commissioner for the Big Ten, basically said, hey, caseloads have not improved. Uh, They've gone up. Uh, It's not trending right. They put the vote out to the schools. And overwhelming here, Matt, 12 out of 14 schools say uh, postpone. So not a hard decision for Warren, for sure. Well, he was given his marching orders, but I'm sure it was a very difficult decision overall because the impact is significant. Uh, The financial impact is huge. If you don't have games, are you getting a check cut by the Big Ten Network? You have no fans because there are no games. So what is ticket revenue and parking, et cetera? Meanwhile, you're still paying off these scholarships. You're paying Greg Schiano and the other coaches in the Big Ten their salaries. So there, there had to be a lot of sleepless nights. And, you know, I go back and forth on this all the time. Uh, first off, put aside football for a moment. Because you heard some of the big, co- well, let's, let's, let's attack it. You heard a lot of the coaches say, hey, listen, we're testing and we're good and we've got the numbers down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what about the soccer teams? And what about the volleyball teams? And what about the cross-country teams? Were they getting the same attention? You didn't hear anything from their coaches. And even though we know football is the tail that wags the dog, mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is the Big Ten Conference Pac-12, all these conferences, they represent all of these athletes. And so it's not just football. So for Jim Harbaugh to say, hey, we got it, Michigan's good. Well, Jim, you got to think a little bit outside of your lane, too, even though you're the engine that drives, to a large extent, Michigan's athletic program. I get it. But there's a bigger picture here. In addition, I believe Michigan's president is an epidemiologist, so I think he has a little more insight to what's going on than Mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh. However, there's a part of me that says, is, is there something short of complete shutdown that we could have done, that could have been done? I, I don't even have a suggestion, but it just seems like we are looking for perfection, and it is preventing us in society from getting too good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that is a good thing. There is an economic ramification that we have yet to feel. Many have. Unemployment is high, no question about it. But when the bills come due, our state's about to borrow up to $10 billion just to get through some of its bills. And that money has to be paid back. And that's going to land at your mm. feet and mine, Stephen, yes. anyone who lives in New Jersey. It's, there's a, there is just a dark cloud in our future economically. And I just don't know how long. We can continue to say to businesses, uh, and college athletics is a business, no, shut down completely because 
somebody might get sick or a few people might get sick. And that sickness, while for the most part the cases have been mild, there will be somebody who will die from it. And I'm not dismissing the human element here. One life is valuable. How do you put a price on that? On the other hand, how do you move forward while we continue to wait for a vaccine that like a flu vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting the flu. So this will be a help, but I don't know if it's a panacea. It answers all the questions if we do get one. And then we hear people saying, oh, you can't rush the process up. You know, I know it's warp speed. The government's saying warp speed. We're going to create a virus or a vaccine. But then the experts say, oh, you don't go through all the protocols. There's a danger there, too. So it's a very, very difficult spot that anyone in a leadership position finds themselves in. So I'm sure there were a lot of sleepless sleepless nights. Yeah. Uh, and I think I kind of side with the fact that it's the right decision, mm. but I'm not 100% sure. Well, you're alluding to uh, money here, Matt. I mean, it's huge money. That's why you're not hearing about the soccer team, et cetera, because football, Big Ten football generates so much. And of course, remember the Pac-12 followed suit right after the Big Ten. But let's talk about the two schools that uh, wanted to play, and that was Nebraska and Iowa. And Nebraska was the most vocal. Scott Frost, head coach Scott Frost, was, was very vocal about it, saying that Nebraska was very disappointed in the decision. And, you know, they, they released a, a joint statement from the president, the AD, and Frost. And basically, uh, they're saying, according to their medical experts, the safest place for the student-athlete is on the team with rigorous safety protocols, testing, and structure. So there is an argument there. And by the way, I got this information from an excellent article from uh, Mark uh, Schlabach from uh, ESPN. So they're saying, you know, that they're actually safer with structure on the team rather than on campus. So there is an argument there that, that can be made. And again, it was Nebraska and Iowa that voted that they wanted to continue to play. But again, you got 12 other schools saying no, but there's something to that argument, Matt. Well, we hear educators saying the socialization process, and I'm not talking about in college necessarily, but you hear what's going on in the elementary school level and the high school level, how important it is for these young people to be socialized and out with others and so on and so forth. So I have, I have no doubt that, there's an impact there. But but two things I would point out. What kind of quote-unquote control did Rutgers have when they had to shut down practice with all the kids on campus, yeah. with all the attention paid to the football team, all the testing that was going on, and yet they were able to go to a party and a bunch of guys got sick? Yeah. Again, it doesn't appear, because the information hasn't come out fully, that anyone was seriously ill hospitalized ventilator mm. and will have long lasting impacts because of that. It sounds like most of those athletes were mildly affected or asymptomatic, but nonetheless, they had the disease. So there's an example of, well, why didn't Rutgers or couldn't have done a better job or didn't do a better job. So that bothers me a little bit by just saying, Oh no, it's better here. The other thing that, that's interesting. Joel Klatt was on uh, the Big Ten Network, an interview with Dave Revson, and this was when the news was starting to break that it was going to happen, but it wasn't official. And and he was vehement. Now, Joel is a former college 
football player. He's the play-by-play announcer on Fox Sports for college football. So he's a prominent voice in the game. And he was vehement that this was the wrong thing. This mm-hmm. was terrible for thus and such. And he was using one of those same arguments. Well, the, the athletes are better here rather than going home is what he basically said. And Dave Revson, Revson said, well, aren't they students? <laughs> Just like, shouldn't they still be on campus? So here's what I ask. Why can't Michigan continue to protect its football players and its athletes? Now, is that fair compared to the general student population that they don't have access to that? Well, there's an argument there for sure. But just because you're not playing doesn't mean Michigan should stop caring or Rutgers stop caring about its athletes. And in fact, if school is going to take place online, well, they are student athletes. They should be going to class. So, yeah, they don't have football to occupy their time, but they should still be college students, right, under the aegis of the athletic department, meaning they have study halls and they have tutors and they have a bunch of things made available to them that the average group does not. So, yeah, you got to postpone it, Jim Harbaugh, right, day, but your kids are still going to get their education. I'm saying that somewhat facetiously because I know many will graduate, but we also know the stars have no intention of graduating and that this is somewhat blowing the lid off the BS. And, you know, let's face it, Michigan should, and Ohio State and Rutgers, if they care to, let's, let's be semi-pro because that's really what you're doing. That's really what you're saying that, oh, yeah, we can protect these guys just like the NFL. Well, maybe that's what you should be, a minor league NFL. We know that's not going to happen, but well, it's uh, this is leading to it. This is leading to it. There's going to yeah. be more and more of a push for the big players, and I hate to say it, Rutgers, though, in the Big Ten may not be considered a big player. We're talking about the Alabamas, the Auburns, the Texas, uh, the Michigans, the Ohio State. Those mm-hmm. schools who put a lot of money into their athletic programs, there's going to be an argument made that they should just form their own super group, do their own thing, the hell with the NCAA. Television mm-hmm. revenue will follow, and that's the way it goes. So And money's always is, money's always in the middle of it, right? I mean, but well, this, this yeah, seems to be and, cor- and yeah. listen, it's kind of what it is anyway. You know, that old like we're still in some places hanging on to that, well, you know old state you I'm playing for and I'm getting my education and a you know, student athlete. We, yeah, exactly. And that's true for some or maybe even many, but clearly not for all. And we've seen academic fraud committed on many campuses around America, all in the name of keeping student athletes eligible so that they can put money into the pockets of the mm-hmm. university and of the coaches at big time programs. And, Coronavirus is blowing the lid off a lot of ways we think and a lot of ways we behave, and this is probably just one of them. College football, college athletics won't look the same 10 years from now because of what's happening today. And this seems to be a battle of the medical experts, right? So, you know, says Nebraska says our medical experts say they're safer on the field and in structure, whereas other schools are saying, no, that's not the case, and once they – once they play, there's no way to protect the athlete what, or student, what have you. So 
you know, that's that's the uh, that's the difficulty here that there's not a uh, you know, it's it's separate schools, just like separate states with different opinions on where what, what's going on with this virus and just how dangerous it is. And, you know, like, for example, let's talk about the ACC and SEC, Matt, who are as of this uh, recording uh, are planning to play. And, you know, the the. Uh, uh, the disease specialist, infectious disease specialist at Duke said that he felt the season can be played safely. So you've got schools saying, you know, not clearly not agreeing with the 12 schools in the uh, in the Big Ten. And so right now, the ACC and SEC didn't file suit, didn't file, didn't did the dominoes didn't drop like they nor- like we normally see them do. And again, you know, it was the Ivy League that started it. And then, you know, the Big Ten came along and then and now, uh, well, the Mac. Uh, was after the Ivy League and then the Big Ten and now uh, the, the Pac-12. But here's the ACC and SEC uh, holding on. Now they're in the South, so uh, maybe there's a different fight down there, huh? Well, there is, right? I mean, we just saw how the South responded to the pandemic and then the catch-up work that they've had to do. So, yeah, there is a different mindset down there. The coasts are different. We know that they're um, you know, I, I don't like using the term liberal or conservative, but certainly, you know, it's it's a more liberal approach on the coast than there mm-hmm. is down south or in the Midwest. So that's mm-hmm. definitely coming into play. There's politics that's playing a role in this as well. And and I think that there's some argument to show me the numbers. Like I said, I don't know what the risk is we're willing to take. I don't know. Well, but you- most people will not get this disease. Right. The overwhelming majority won't. And the overwhelming majority of those who do will not be significantly affected by it. They'll be asymptomatic or have mid-level or low-level uh, uh, issues. And yeah. yes, there will be some people significantly affected. So do you shut down? And that's the argument that's going on. Do you shut down completely or do you try to find a a way through? And I think it is different in Iowa. And I think it is different in Nebraska. I think they view things and Alabama and Mississippi. I think they view things differently than we do here in New Jersey. Yes, less densely populated areas as well. That plays into this. But let's get into just how dangerous it is. Um, Now, we'll go back to the Rutgers Rutgers players that went to a party. There was a, uh, uh, a, a bunch of cases there. And we didn't really get the information on exactly. They, uh, I, I'm assuming most of them were asymptomatic. We didn't hear anything about anybody being hospitalized or anything. So again, we're getting back to what the real danger is. And we know that if you're immunocompromised in some way, if you have diabetes or such, and, and you can't assume that a student athlete, just because they're young, don't have the, uh, a condition that might make them more susceptible or more uh, to, um, you know, to getting this virus and it being dangerous to them. So there's that factor, too. And frankly, do we know enough ourselves to, to make a call on that where they, you go back to the medical experts and you got to kind of trust what they say? But yet we're um, and then, of course, you got to understand that, yes, this 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 student athlete can then pass it on to their their grandparents or someone who's uh, susceptible and immunocompromised or, you know, as the as the term goes, who may have more danger to this. Because certainly there is a a, a small uh, a section of the population that this this virus is very dangerous for. That's very clear. Um, and and caseloads, you know, as, as, as uh, the Big Ten commissioner said, caseloads are are rising. The trend is not going the right way. And, and, and he's right in that respect. 
Um, you know, it started in obviously in the Northeast, New Jersey, New York, and act- actually out West as well in, in the Seattle area. We know that, but then it's, it's, it's spread considerably through the country. And if we didn't have this second spike, we all be playing, they'd be playing football right now. The concern is, is that the, the spread of this. And so, I mean, but then really we get down to that. What we really don't have the answer to Matt is, is just how dangerous really is it for a student athlete? Well, and that, and that is the big question. So you've got, um, the kid in Indiana, Brady Feeney, whose mom wrote a, a heartfelt social media post about, her son, freshman football player at Indiana, comes down with the disease and now uh, is afflicted with myocarditis, an inflammation of the heart muscle. And so that says, okay, and we didn't hear about that earlier. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, the Mm -hmm. Red Sox pitcher, he's got the same condition. We didn't hear about that. So Mm -hmm. is there, because there's so much we don't know about this disease. Right. So like I said, we learn stuff each day, each week. More studies are being done on the impact and how deep it goes. But I guess if you're the college president, you're can you be risk free? But again, yeah. what is the value of the risk? I, I don't know. Look, it, you got it. Really, these are kids. You know, they're young men. They're kids. There's a hundred kids on a football team. If if one or two of them get get seriously sick from this is, is that enough? I mean, that's what we, it's what has to be looked at. And I think that's what the medical, medical experts are looking at. Um, sure. whereas again, but, the other thing too, but, right? but, but right. are they, are they safer as is Nebraska? It's a good point that Nebraska is making uh, that the folks at Nebraska are making in terms of, uh, are they safer a- a- elsewhere is, is the point. But again, that they got to compete and, you know, talk about face shields and all that stuff. When they're competing, they come on, they're get they're, they're, there's no way to not have the, the virus pass through if it's there. I mean, it's, it's really, frankly, do you see any way, even, even with basketball and such, and we've had this, this show already, it seems like baseball might be able, and then baseball side of the challenges, we need to talk about that. But uh, base, mm-hmm. you know, if you have distance, it's a, a, a sport that has natural distance can, can combat it. Whereas when you're right on top of each other, it's a, it's a whole different challenge. Well, the irony is of course, they have had a lot of difficulty in baseball, uh, despite the fact that for the most part, you're not at least on the field in close proximity to one another. Uh, the Marlins and St. Louis in particular Mm -hmm. have had some issues. Uh, St. Louis has not even played 10 games so far this year. It's crazy. Uh, whereas in the bubble of the NHL and the NBA, even though you're in close quarters, battling in the corners and going up for rebounds, et cetera, uh, they've been able to minimize the impact because of regular testing. And then they move people aside if they test positive and there's all these protocols. So I, I think, and, and now football is a completely different animal. I mean, you're, you know, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and spit in a very close quartered situation. So uh, again, we have to take that into consideration. But uh, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm just frustrated and perplexed by the whole thing. As you mentioned, you have medical experts who will say mm-hmm. one thing, other medical experts will say something else, and we just we just don't really know. What's your so, good? What's your gut, Matt, on the ACC and SEC? Do you think they'll hold on and play? Uh, do you think they'll succumb? 
Uh, I know that the Nebraska's almost gotten to the point where they, they, they were talking about they might seek an opponent to play where they want to get yeah. on the field. So there's a lot going on here. Well, yeah, and the Big Ten has pretty much said you're not going to be able to do that. So I don't see Nebraska being able to schedule teams. Um, but for the SEC, the South football is religion. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, man. So I was down. I spent a year at Georgia. I know. They, they may push on. They may push on and try to, to get this done. Uh, and I'm just trying to think. Let me tell you, can I tell you a quick The ACC is a little different, I, I think, because here's the question. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, Phil Murphy, the governors of New York and New Jersey, respectively, have said, if you're in any of these states, and there's a bunch of them, you have to quarantine uh, for two weeks. You can't, you know, until you, you can't come into our state, or if you come into our state, you then have to quarantine. for. So how is Virginia going to play Syracuse? Right. Yeah, I mean, there's all challenges all across the board. Yeah. Right? I mean, is Cuomo going to say, okay, Virginia, uh, the Wahoos, <laughs> the Cavaliers, uh, you have to quarantine for two weeks, then we'll let you come in and play Syracuse? Well, good luck trying to do that because you have a schedule you're trying to play a football game. So, <laughs> uh, it's it, yeah. it, it's really interesting. And, really and also it's a good point with the, you know, the, the, the Northeast, the coast versus the South. I mean, and you talked, you, you said it yourself that football is religion down there. And it absolutely isn't good for them. It's I, I love college football, but can you imagine in Alabama, they're saying, Hey, we're not going to have a season boy. And, but you know, listen, big 10, it's, it's, it's religion too, man. It's huge. I know I've, I've already heard some Michigan boys that are barking that are, that are ticked off that the, that uh, the, the season's not uh, happening or, or postpone. We got to keep that in mind. And we're talking about possibly going into the spring, but it's almost, you think like, wow, you, you lost the fall. Is the spring really going to happen now? It's, you know, you're, it, it, or is this just going to be another tough, difficult decision where football's lost for an entire year? I mean, I guess that'll be another show for us when we get down that yeah. road because well, you fought time, right? That's the thing though. Like why, couldn't you have a spring season? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the president, the newly installed president at Rutgers said, and he's right, you know, there'll be an appetite for programming, live sports programming in the spring. Mm-hmm. So Short season, maybe? Have- maybe like five yeah. or six games? Why has it got to be 10? I don't, I don't know. Well, you know? That, that's something to consider yeah. as well. Right. But why couldn't it be a full season? Why couldn't you start uh, in February? Right. After the Super Bowl, let's say you don't want to go head to head with the NFL. Right. Why couldn't you start in February and mm-hmm. go March, April, a little bit into May? Let's be honest; these students are on campus all the sure. time anyway. They they don't go home. Right. You know the big the big uh, yeah. the the big misconception is that these athletes, when school ends in the spring, they all go home and they reconvene sometime in the summer. No, they stay on campus the entire time. They'll go home for a little bit, but Basically, a Rutgers football player is on the Rutgers campus from the time he becomes a scholarship player until his playing yeah. career is over. So why, you know, why couldn't you? Why couldn't Rutgers Stadium uh, hold a game in May? Sure. And listen, how about you, they play uh, everybody in their division? 
Maybe it's a six uh, game season and then you get a little bowl thing going. Uh, yeah, uh, you, you know, have to work something out. Dan, Dan Gavitt, Dan Gavitt, who is the NCAA's basketball VP, I don't know what his exact title is, uh, Dave Gavitt's son. And he just did something where uh, a Zoom thing and he said, look, we'll adjust if we have to, but we have, a, we have plans. He goes, it's not proper to talk about it now in August because we've got some time, but we have a plan in mind that we think we can run an NCAA tournament. Now, I don't believe he said, how can the conferences run their seasons so that you can decide who goes to the NCAA tournament? But I think this has forced all of us in so many ways to, to rethink the norm. So you're right. Why, why do you have to play a 12-game schedule? Why can't you play six mm-hmm. in the spring? just in your division, as you said, and then have the yeah. two teams play for a championship. You could do it. And possibly maybe the SEC and ACC will kind of get in the loop and maybe something can be negotiated where they all do it in the spring. I don't know. It's it's it, it's certainly or, or late winter or what have you. It's But then who knows what's going to happen at that point with the virus, which, of course, is just always changing. And will that would have to be exactly. seen. Would have to see, you know, exactly. uh, the trends would certainly have to become favorable, obviously. And, and, and one hopes, and I'm hoping the experts believe that that's the case that they wouldn't even be talking about the spring. So there there's that. So there's a lot of, lot of variables here, but let's, uh, let's segue now into the, into the, uh, the Mets, Matt. Yeah. Uh, uh, we didn't even talk cause it's been a few weeks since we've done a show. We've been covering the New Jersey state golf association, of course. And, uh, we, uh, uh, the uh, the Mets um, had a couple issues with the virus as well in terms of, you know, a Cespedes, you know, and a Cespedes just to call the season. But I think that was more about his role and not so much about the virus. He just used the virus as a uh, as an excuse. What What's your take on that, Matt? Yeah, I think both he and Marcus Stroman yeah. uh, did use it as an excuse uh, because both obviously reported both played or you know, Stroman was about to play until he got hurt. So, um, yeah, I think they both wound up using it as an excuse. Stroman was able to get enough time so that he became vested for what free agency, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he played the, the, the game the way it should be played from his standpoint. Good. Uh, it doesn't affect my ability to get a big contract down the road. He won't be able to use this season as a blueprint for how, how he is as a pitcher, but nonetheless, I think once he had the first opportunity to opt out, it was clear to me that he took advantage of it because he really didn't have his heart in it. And being hurt didn't help his case. Uh, as for Cespedes, who knows what goes through that guy's head? Um, yeah, did he want to play baseball? I mean, it's it, you know he had a couple. I, I, when I was, healthy, he he was effective for the Mets. He was. And, yeah, and, yeah, but uh, you know he battled a lot to get back and. He didn't look all that good doing it. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, not playing a little bit. He was that ticked off. He thought allegedly he wasn't going to make some bonuses. And so now you walk away, you're definitely not going to make those bonuses. Uh, mm. uh, you know, I don't know. And then you say, oh, I've got some family issues. And yeah, uh, that's why. You know, that that's, all in there. That's sure. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. I think in both cases, it was just an, an excuse. The season wasn't going the way either one of them had hoped, and they just said, I'm out for for, for this disease. And let's look at MLB, Matt, because, you know, the Marlins had that uh, uh, a bunch of cases early, and then, you know, St. Louis had an issue. 
and there was thoughts that maybe this is the, the, the season wasn't going to work out, but it seemed to steady. And it seems that there's not any, uh, you know, any big issues, you know, a couple of uh, cases here and there. And, uh, you know, the season moved on. The Marlins got back on their schedule and it, it seems like it's going okay. You know, you think that college football can, I guess you just can't compare the sports, really. You, you really can't because you would think they'd think, okay, MLB is doing okay. And it seems like the NHL is, is doing okay as well. Matt. So, you know, these sports, uh, you know, again, pro sports, different story, but they are, they are carrying on and it's, it's doesn't seem like there's a, a big health threat yet. Yeah. Um, and, and baseball kind of blew it with the travel and everything else. I think there was also a, a sense among the players, like, Hey, like a lot of young kids without guidance, without true guidance that they, could go out to the restaurant. They could hang out in this bar. Uh, they could mingle outside and not expect to get the disease. And what we do know is it's very contagious. So uh, if you don't eliminate the person who's got it quickly from the rest of the group, it's going to spread like wildfire. And, and that's kind of what has happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I think baseball has, has gone on you know, double high, triple high, red alert. And I think the word has been pretty much passed through like, hey, show guys, you just can't. Mm-hmm. As, much as, as much as you can, you can't. Uh, right. You have to self-quarantine. You have to be better than what we showed early on in this process. So, uh, And I think the bubbles yeah. in the NBA and the NHL made it a lot easier. You know, the guys can't get out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know. So I, I think I think the moving around, like here's here's what I don't and here's where baseball is confounding to me. So at least in the NBA, they put them all down in Orlando and they arrange for you can fish, you can golf. Uh, the NHL has had some things that you, at least they have things you can do in the bubble with your teammates. Like baseball, did baseball realize that? The biological clock of these players is game ends at 1030, shower, shave, and go out. Mm -hmm. So now you're having them travel from city to city. So what baseball did nothing, did nothing to acknowledge the fact that you're going to be in a city for Mm -hmm. three days. Right. And they did nothing to say, what are we going to do for these 50 people in this traveling group? Right. To stay busy, give them something to do right. in their normal hours of hanging out. So now we just left it up to the guy. All right. We just left it up to the guy. Right. I so mean, then yeah. you get, but then you have like, finally they're taking it seriously. So Zach Plesak of the, of the uh, Cleveland Indians, he goes out in Chicago to celebrate his birthday and he gets caught and the Indians say, well, you can't travel back with us. They got him a rental car and they drove him back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he was out with his buddy Mike Clevenger, but didn't rat on him at least initially. <laughs> and Clevenger was one of these early guys saying, "You know what? We're going to take care of ourselves. Nobody can be idiots." And you went out to dinner <laughs> to celebrate this guy's birthday, right? Like, what yeah. is wrong with you? But again, yeah. it goes back to 
our individual beliefs. There are some people, listen, the, the sheriff down in Florida who just said, you know, my employees can't wear masks. And if you come in to do sheriff's business, come into our office, I will not allow you to wear a mask. People have different beliefs, right, right or wrong. That's the way it is. But baseball did nothing to address that. What are we going to do about guys who have a lot of time on their hands and right. we aren't watching them all the time? Well, after that Marlins fiasco, I think that they probably there's a little meeting uh, amongst the uh, the brass saying, hey, this can't happen. These, these guys have to, I don't know, be confined to the hotel or something. But it seems to have gotten better um, where there's no uh, big cases within teams, which is, of yeah, course, yeah. The, the concern. So um, uh, and because, the, look, there was a there was a time there. It's like, look, like it looks like baseball is not going to make it. This is not going to work out. And it seems like now I got to say, though, Matt, um, you know, let's let's you know, hey, we got a sports show here, but I I just don't have the interest to how can you have the interest that you normally have? I mean, there's an asterisk all over the season, uh, you know, For at sure. 60 games, you know, I'm watching it and I'm watching the standings, you know, I'm getting some highlights here and there, but I'm not locked in like I normally am. Are you? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I certainly follow the Mets. I think the NHL's playoffs. It's kind of cool. Diverted, diverted my attention yeah. a little bit from baseball yeah. and that's getting off to a so-so start. I've been watching a little bit. Well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's, it's not the same. You're absolutely right. It, it is not the same. Yeah. And uh, I just don't, I just don't have the same feeling. It's interesting. You would. don't in, in hockey, you don't have as many crowd shots, right? It's all on the ice following the puck. So it almost, you don't even get the sense that it's an empty empty stadium. Whereas baseball, man, it's kind of funny how the Mets have the pictures of the people sitting in the crowd and all that stuff. I guess it helps a little bit, but it's empty. Just weird seeing Yankee stadium and Fenway park completely empty. You yeah, know? No, it's I mean, because it's the, there's part of, you know, come on, part of the fan the energy from the fans is part of sports and you don't have that. So it, it, it certainly, uh, uh, does affect things, but, yeah. uh, and the piped in, the piped in crowd noise is, Okay, but it's not the same. No, I do no. miss the vibe. I was uh, right. doing something with the Devils the other day, and we were talking about that. I said, I'll be honest. I think the NHL has done a great job in getting back. I think they've done a wonderful job of presenting the product. I think the you know the play-in was intriguing. Give you something to think about down the road as to whether or not there's a value to adding that. On and on and on. But I do miss the crowd noise, the real crowd mm -hmm. noise, yeah. the up and down, the anticipation of, you know, the start of a game, the start of a period, a, a comeback. I, I just miss all of that. And yeah. and the piped in crowd noise, which is kind of generic in pablum, just yeah. doesn't match it. Just doesn't match it. So real quick, Matt, and then we'll wrap. Uh, who looks good in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now? Well, the chalk right now is uh, Colorado or Vegas out of the West, they're looking very, very good. Uh, and in the East, quite frankly, it's kind of anybody's game. Tampa Bay was able to beat Columbus in game one of their series the other night, but it wasn't easy. They would probably be the odds on favorite. Uh, Boston, which struggled in the round robin portion of the return to play format, didn't win a game. They went from having the best record in the league to being seated fourth in the East. They came up with an overtime win yesterday. You count them out as your own uh, uh, 
peril. Mm -hmm. uh, Philadelphia's looked the best, though, start to finish. Cool. Philly's looked the best since they've come back, mm -hmm. and uh, they will be dangerous. They've got a lot of factors in their favor, good goaltending, uh, some depth, defense, offense, good coach. So I would say right now, for me, Philadelphia is the team to beat in the East, uh, with Tampa Bay a very close second, and out West, Colorado and Vegas are the two clubs that I would keep an eye on. Be cool to see a local team like the Flyers take a run, or as a Devil fan, you can't do that? You can't root for the Flyers? Well, as a Devil <laughs> fan, you would not, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's been a long time since Philadelphia has had success in hockey and won a Stanley Cup. The Islanders are still alive, and mm -hmm. they had a nice comeback victory against Washington in their opening round game. Okay. I just don't think they have enough of what it takes. They'll be a difficult out. Uh, they may not win this series, but they'll make life difficult for the Capitals. And even if they do, uh, yes, you get some momentum on your side, et cetera. But I just don't, uh, again, well coached, they'll grind you, but I just don't think they have enough to go all the way. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple of local stories for sure. Cool. And no devil fan is really cheering for those clubs, uh, though. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll follow it, Matt. We'll uh, we'll have you chime in on on the uh, on the playoffs, and we'll get your take. And uh, listen, we're going to follow whatever we can, whatever sports are playing. We'll obviously we'll follow you know college football and what happens. And and by the uh, way, what are you going to do with your Saturdays now? Yeah, Your Saturdays in the fall when yeah, you know, I'm six or seven would have been spent at uh, family SHI. time. I called it Rutgers Stadium. That was an old throwback. SHI Stadium. Um, yeah, that's you know, not going to happen this year. What are you going to yeah. do? Well, it's family time. Also, I you know I work. I mean, I'm in the you know I'm in the the, the restaurant bar business, and I, I'm I'm down at the the brewery in Belmar, and um you know I I would take off to go to a game, and now I don't have an excuse to take off. I I'll, I'll, I'll be at work. Um, uh, that's the, uh, that's the initial plan anyway, but also then, you know, some more family time too. You know, my wife's always like, oh, you're going to do that football thing, uh, Rutgers thing every Saturday. Cause you know, she, uh, you know, uh, I, it, with my schedule, I don't see them enough. So I'll, I'll figure it out from there, but I got to tell you, I mean, I, I just love it. I, I, you know, I'm a season ticket holder for a long time and, and through some tough seasons, but I was, I was locked in, didn't matter win or lose. I was there. I, I love going to the games and, um, Hey, we'll be back. It's as, as simple as that. You know, they, there was a, they offered to, um, to get a refund on your, uh, on, on, on tickets. And I just said, roll it over. I mean, come on, let's roll it over to next year, which is what, uh, which is what I'm doing. And, um, and that's, uh, there's reality, by the way, my uh, son, uh, James is going back to pit. He's excited about it. He's, we're leaving on the 19th. He's doing something where they have like his, uh, his dorm, they have pods. So his, his level on his dorm, they'll all be together and they move in at the same time and all that. He's excited about it. You know, he's got his mask ready to go. Um, he's, there's going to be lectures, So he's going to be going to class. And again, the pits part of the ACC and they're, uh, they're planning on playing football at this point. So we'll, we'll definitely, uh, we'll follow, uh, that, that story, uh, for sure. Uh, check out, uh, John McAlevey's uh, quadcast. He's doing a great job with it. It's a podcast where he interviews, uh, people who have had, uh, uh spinal, uh, injuries and does just a great job with it. He recently interviewed Eric Legrand. We have it posted on our site. So check that out. Of course, our site's moresportsnow.com and you can get our podcast everywhere. You can get it on Spotify or iHeartRadio. You can get it, uh, 
uh, several different uh, directories. And also you can just go on our site as well and uh, we'll get back at it. We'll come back next week. Uh, we'll cover more hockey. We'll, we'll talk some baseball and we'll follow all this uh, college football uh, stories as well. And that'll do it for this week's podcast, the More Sports Now podcast. Again, check out our site, moresportsnow.com, and we'll catch you all week. It's Matt and Steve. Bye-bye.